Hello and welcome back to another episode of Promote the Hell Out of It. My name is Misael Trujillo and this is the podcast where I talk to people worth shouting about, do a little digging, find out what keeps them passionate, how they market themselves, what we should learn, what mistakes we could learn from, all that good stuff. And on today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of chatting to Polly Van Dam, co-front woman for The Bomb Pops, a band that I absolutely love, who are on Fat Records, and who released an album in the year that was 2020, a great album called Death in Venice Beach. Please check it out, link is in the bio. And obviously, we talk about everything that entails, gearing up for an album release, only to be one of the first bands that I saw be quite quick to realise what's going on and and cancel the tour. Um, So yeah, a lot to chat about. I also find Polly incredibly encouraging. Uh, The content she puts out on social, seeing someone so busy with a family, being a mother, uh, touring with type 1 diabetes. I think you get the point. There was a lot to chat about. I was really excited. It's a great conversation. I hope you like it. If you do, please leave us a review if you're listening to Apple Podcasts. If not, just give it a share. Let me know what you thought. It really, really helps. And if you want, buy me a coffee. The link is in the bio for that too. So yeah, enjoy. Take it easy. Part of why I wanted to have you on the podcast and what's so inspiring to me is is how busy you are. And I know you've got a family. I know how much you do. So thank you so much for, for oh, having that's the time. So sweet. Thank you. How are you doing? That's that's the first question. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Like I said, I just got home from work a little while ago and just I'm good. I'm pretty good. Excellent. All things considered. Yeah. Excellent. What's the situation there at the moment? Because I was we're very much still in lockdown here. Today was the first day that non-essentials reopened. Right. I was just talking to a friend today and they were saying that it's still very locked down over there. Um, it's things are definitely opening back up here. Um, restaurants are opening back up with some indoor dining, I believe. So yeah, it's moving. That's, that's good news. How does that affect? Are you able to start doing things with the band now? Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, there is no, there are no tours in the work right now, but we did announce that punk in the park for November. So that's November 6th. So that's happening so far. That's so cool. Um, and, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what else happens. It's still yeah. just all up in the air. I mean, it's still at that point where it's like, oh, you can't just really make a plan. I guess we've gotten used to that over the past. Yeah. How how did the band, I, I and we'll talk about more individually, but the band and, and the interactions of the band cope with that kind of gap of not knowing? Was it, did you have to keep each other? Yeah, we did for sure, especially in the beginning because we just had put the record out. We canceled that tour yeah. off and then it was funny because Jen and I would kind of go back and forth with texting each other. And I would, I would be like, I'm so, this is so fucked. This is so depressing. Like, I just feel like I, you know, I kept explaining it. Like you, 
feel like you've got called up to the NFL or something and you like get injured in your first game. Like yeah. that was, that's so dramatic, but like, I just felt like, Oh, and everyone had their own shit. So you, whatever, but I'm going to be selfish right now. And I'll just pretend we were the only ones that were fucked or whatever. And so you feel like you, we did what we thought was our greatest work so far of our lives. Um, and we were about to go on this headlining tour, which we had sold out a lot of the shows. And then it's just, it's ripped away from you. Like, it's one of those things I remember where I was when we were like, we have to cancel it. You know what I mean? It's- yeah. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I know you, obviously from January, you were like releasing things for the the build up for, for this amazing record. So much stuff. Which is an amazing so record. Thank you. But you were also quite ahead of the game in terms of cancelling the tour. Like you were one of the first bands I saw that the timing like wasn't even, I, I talked to Spanish Love Songs, for example, and I think they were like a week into everything. Like they were about to leave the next day, but you actually kind of realised things were moving quite quickly, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Um, Jen has good friends in Italy too. I mean, they're all of our friends and the band Rumatera, and they were kind of, you know, they were two weeks kind of ahead of us. I feel like three weeks maybe as far as what they were canceling and stuff. Um, and they, and so just hearing that over there and then, you know, I'm type one diabetic. So that was a thing too, where it's like, it was just panic mode kind of like, what if we get somewhere and we're stuck and I can't get medicine or the hospital or something happens to me, I have a seizure again and I have to go and just not knowing. Now we know like a lot of type one diabetics who are young and healthy, like, got it and recovered fine but just with all the unknown and everything I think that was a major thing too is like we can't even take any risks with me always comes down to me I'm like (laughs) the problem child um but yeah so we were we were we kind of like were the first ones I remember like with people being like mad kind of about it and not understanding and I'm like just wait like you're gonna see and then everyone you know how to do it I kept I remember because bad cop was in Europe and I kept after we canceled our tour they were still going like a couple days and we're like oh my god these girls are gonna get stuck there like what's you know they're I'm so glad that they like stopped it when they did and got back they got back in time yeah uh-huh yeah but that stuff's scary you do not want to get stuck especially when you've got families and that yeah, yeah that's that's horrible Moving away from COVID talk a bit, because I think it's quite easy to spend half an hour on a podcast nowadays talking about that, right? Um, Something, again, I find really uh, inspiring and important to talk about is the fact that you're a type one diabetic um, and how that affects playing in a band. But also I I toured in a band with my friend who's diabetic. um, Oh, wow. And I didn't find out he was diabetic until he wasn't doing very well because he didn't really talk about it. Um, and that's something that frightened me because I think it's important for people to be aware of yeah. of how to help, but right, also right, right. to be aware that touring is possible and that these conversations need to be had so that more people in different circumstances are able to tour, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, first of all, I get the whole feeling of not wanting to tell people because even though it's not your fault, it's one, you feel weirdly embarrassed, which is just a weird thing to like explain. And then two, you just don't want to explain it. It's confusing. People have a lot of questions, but 
um, yeah, it, you know, when you could have saved your friend's life, especially people you're pretty much living in a box with, you know, that's for it. however long you're touring, you got to let them know. That's crazy that he didn't tell you guys. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. And it's, it's odd because you just, I think you make a lot of assumptions about people when you're in a band and when you're spending your time in, in these circumstances, right? Yeah. 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 And, and especially with, with my, my friend, um, who depending on how his blood sugar level is can like you start just thinking like oh is he all right or is he just drinking too much is he just hung over and and obviously once once he's explained everything and you realize you can be a bit more like oh do you want to stop should we like because he wasn't very good at looking after himself either because he's a typical punk rocker right that Um, was that used to be me too before I like had my seizure and stuff this is this is it but I, I think the the interesting thing is is knowing what you have to take into account when you plan a tour now for example yeah. the fact that pharmacies being a priority is so important is there right. anything else that you that that you have to think about that other people don't maybe when you when you're on tour just every little thing i mean i remember just looking at everybody and being like oh my god you can just eat that piece of pizza drunk at 4 a.m. and i could do it too but it's just going to make me feel like shit you know and just not having to calculate every little thing because no matter what like my mind is constantly you know doing the numbers and because it's just you do feel like shit like your friend probably too you're probably like why are you such an asshole like his blood is probably high and he like felt like murdering everybody you know um but just all that stuff and and being it's just you got to be a little bit more prepared you've got to tell the people around you. I mean, this goes for if you're playing a sport or you're on tour with your band. Um, and so you can do it, you know, I, um, me having the Dexcom thing, the sensor on my arm, I can't believe I ever toured without one of those. I mean, they just weren't around. Um, they're fairly, it's a fairly new technology, but that being able to see the numbers on my phone. So that way when I'm on stage, oh, wow. I can like run over to my phone, click it, see my number or, um, tour manager will have it and they can watch my sugars and they see an arrow, which the meter, the blood testing meter does not show you. So as technology gets crazier, it's way more manageable. That's the thing. It's a manageable disease. There's no cure, but it's super manageable, but that doesn't make it any easier and just the roller coasters and yeah, touring is probably not the prime thing for a diabetic because there's no <laughs> schedule, there's no, but yeah, just being aware and letting people know. I mean, my worst fear is like going low on stage and having to like stop or something, but that has never happened. Knock on wood so far. I'm glad. So, um, yeah. Have you had, have you met uh, other people on tour that you've been able to share experiences and, and gain some insights from? Um, as far as diabetes? Yeah. Yeah, I have met some people on tour. It's pretty cool now that people know, too, being in Europe and people will see my arm and I'll see someone's arm and we'll be like, yeah. So I try <laughs> to take pictures with everyone and gather them at the end. God, why am I? I'm blanking on, you know, who's in the scene. I've met just like, uh, you know, stagehands and, and stuff like that and people that are looking out for me as far as that. But it's fun to meet other fans. Yeah, of people course. People meet at festivals with it. Of course. And, and I think it's, it's something that's really interesting, I think, about social media, right? That we know we have these insights into people. Um, 
And I think there's there's a lot of negative that comes with social media and a lot of anxiety that comes from it. Mm-hmm. But one of the positives for me has been finding people that I can look up to um, within the punk scene. And, you know, when I was younger, that was very much like people who drank a lot and the tour lifestyle. And yeah, as I as myself and my partner want to start thinking about having a family and as I started having to think about I was homeless for a while in London when I was when I was younger and when I wanted to get out of that situation, finding people who had the right lifestyles and who balanced mm-hmm. everything and showed it on social media became incredibly important and made me feel that I wasn't like I didn't need to stop being a punk because I wanted these things. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's punks that have it all together. And, you know, punk is not just like being gross and drinking tall can you know it's um for me it's it's that way of of thinking and just how you are and not giving a shit what other people think about you and just doing what you want to do and killing it you know absolutely absolutely and and i mentioned it to you at the start but a huge thank you to you and your family for for giving such a great example of uh of what it can be like because it's it's really really encouraging and really needed um I know you were were homeschooling and it's been really encouraging to see. Was that just during lockdown or is that something that's continuous? Um, That was just during lockdown and it's still going on. But he might be going back next week. We're making sure that the buses are running because the thing is I'm working full time, but I'm working for liquid death. So I'm out and about all day. And then my husband's here working full time. Uh, he's a writer. So now he's handling um, the school stuff. But if they go back, it's only going to be for three hours. So we have to make sure the buses are running. So we're making sure that's going down. But he might be going back next week. Thank God, because my poor husband, I swear to God, like he looks like he's aged like 15 uh-huh. years. I've, every time I come, when he gets, when I get home from work and I see it, it's just a lot, man. Every day, this kid has just, we're not supposed to spend that much time with, him, you know, like I love him so much, but he's supposed to go to school. No offense to parents that homeschool and do all that, but. You're yeah. both killing it. Honestly, it's, it's really encouraging to watch. Um, Thank um, you. And please tell him that, uh, that Bev with the odd uh, duck family things he did was wonderful. And okay. I enjoyed it. it was I really- love that. We got, we're going to make another one soon. We have to do one. It's been a minute. It's been since. December so we'll have to do another one but this is something that's really interesting right with with social and all the availability to be creative and put it out into the world uh, doesn't it sometimes get like overload you can do so yeah. much and you can want yeah. much you can want to edit videos like start a YouTube channel like dude is that something that you find too yeah yes I literally like before I was on here with you I just and my, my son too, cause he's, you know, the kids are all into YouTube these days and he's proud of his YouTube channel. And I'm like, I have to edit these videos. I need to do this merch stuff. I want to do this podcast. I want to, you know, do all this stuff, make music with my husband. There's a long list of stuff that we could always be doing. So it's always good to know that's there. Um, I think that important thing is you just have to kind of prioritize and be realistic. Cause for me, I'll be unrealistic about it. And then I'll be hard on myself that I'm like not doing enough. And like, plus I have the bomb pops, you know, so I don't want to 
you know, spread myself too thin. Um, Cause then I'm like, Oh, I'm working so much on this odd duck thing. Oh, I want to get back to this bomb pop song or whatever. So, but I guess it's a good problem to have, you know, creativity. It's like always going to be there and this is always going to be there. And yeah. Completely. But something that you mentioned that I've had to work a lot on is being hard on yourself. Like, Having all these things available makes it so that you can be quite critical of, oh, I'm not mm-hmm. doing enough, I'm not doing enough. And then you write a list of everything you've done and everything mm-hmm. you're accomplishing. And you're like, holy crap, I've, I've done a lot. Um, but it's really easy to want to do every single hobby because they're all available at the click of a mm-hmm. button and to want to create everything. Um, yeah, exactly. But no, it's, I think you do a lot and uh, it's yeah. wonderful to see. Thank you. How does getting back into the groove of of music start to work for a band that's had to figure so much out homeschool work full-time what are what are the steps that start getting getting things back into motion yeah I mean I think that the excitement and all of that will be enough to like fuel us Josh our drummer moved um up to Seattle but we have an exciting thing that we're releasing coming up here in a month or so, I believe. Um, so for that, you know, we, he was flying down to practice and cool. um, we'll just continue with that. So like, you know, we have, for example, like let's just say that the November Punk in the Park show is like what we have um, booked right now, that's it. Um, just getting to, and then Jen and I get together all the time. So he'll fly down and we'll, we'll, we'll jam, we'll practice hard for like, you know, a week straight every day. and. Our favorite is like just doing the weekends, you know, and getting there at like noon and taking our time and like being able to, instead of, you know, everybody comes from work and it's like, then all of a sudden it's nine o'clock and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, cause I'm a baby now. I'm like, I want 10 o'clock is like, I gotta be in bed, you know, <laughs> <Completely> <laughs> relate. You know like I'm, I'm the sober one now. I'm like, let's start at 8am on Saturday, you guys, it'll be great. I was like, I ride my bike to the studio. I'm like, hey. Oh, does it does it kind of feel like starting a new band, if that makes any sense, because of the break? Yeah, because of the break. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but we've all been so doing so much. And I mean, Jen and I got together to record the video track by tracks we did and yeah. trying to make stuff for our YouTube channel. Um, we also just recorded some playthroughs that we're going to put up, so kind of in a sense but it's also we just laugh because it's like the curse of the bomb pops we ha- we've had a lot of stuff that has like had us you know kind of have to start over or take a little break or regroup so it's just kind of how we do you know how we went through however many bass players and drummers and felt like we're starting all over or or yeah. me having a baby we had to like stop for a little bit and do that so you know we I think that we we've survived through a lot, you know, so we can definitely make it through this. Um, the bomb pops, you know, will always, will always just be there. Annoying, still kicking. You know? <laughs> I love it. And I think that's part of the punk rock mentality. That's, that's part of what made me love punk and made me want to play in bands is seeing mm-hmm. people who, who keep at it. And it, it's generally not, you're not looking at the people who are, who have it sorted and have all the attention and and are in the perfect situation to release a track and have it heard by everyone. You're seeing people 
have to hustle to get their music out there and, and keep it going, right? Really? I know. It's it's crazy because we've been doing it for a long time. And um, there's a reason that not every band makes it because it's, it's fucking hard. And not only the hustle, but dealing with three other people, pretty much like being married to three other people. Um, oh, man. You know, it's like. And, and yeah, just the grind for however many years. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 16. So you're kind of like, well, what is, I saw the trailer for this new movie coming out today with like Dave Grohl in it and yeah. stuff. Uh, and it, they're like, the reward is like the experience and you have to be okay with, with that. I mean, that's easy for you to say Dave Grohl. You're like, <laughs> but um, it is, I mean, it's, you, <laughs> it's a certain type of person that wants to jump in the van and just go. and um deal with that for years and years and years and it is it's the experience and it's getting on stage and being able to play your songs and see people singing along and boom all the bad shit goes away like at least for that 30 minutes or whatever you're you're high as fuck you know on life yeah true I've got yeah. a, a soft spot in my heart for Dave Grohl because Foo Fighters were my first first gig my first big gig that I went to um, oh awesome so yeah, That's I will always have a, a little soft spot for, for yeah, Dave. Yeah, you Roy. have to. <laughs> you gotta. But uh, something you mentioned is is keeping that relationship between members of the band going. And that is something that I always try and mention on the podcast and try and ask what what people have found helps them keep that those relationships going. And, and some people have answered that they don't, that they just or hate each other and just get on with it like a business um yeah what's helped you um yeah we i think one getting sober has helped me um i mean we've done only one real tour since i've been sober but even that was just so much better because i could walk away and be like huh, okay and say <laughs> what'd you say what'd you say man you know um and we always say this but we have learned how to fight right and that means like being able to just walk away. If someone says something, try not to say those passive aggressive things like under your breath. Um, it's okay. We, it's, it's like, we don't have to get along the whole time. So just sometimes somebody needs that. You don't know what someone's going through, what someone feels, you know? Yeah. So let them go through that and give it some space and just get over it. Cause like, that's, that's the, that's the main thing is just get over it like it's <laughs> I don't true know how else, yeah i mean you're gonna make it work and yeah at, at the end of the day um it is a business and it's not very like punk rock to say but yeah it is a business and um you just deal like you're at work with people you know what i mean it's a testament to how much you want it right like yeah. If, oh, yeah. If, if you I have to be willing to. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's what? No. And nobody's perfect. I'm. I'm a pain in the ass to deal with. You know what I mean? So. Well, that's the other thing, though. Surely you go into punk bands knowing that we are not the easiest of people. Like, there's going to be a lot yeah, of fucked up, like, personalities in that band. <laughs> yeah, and like, just there's time. I'm cocky. Like, there's times I'm cocky. I'm like a singer of a band. You know. Like. wants their idea to work and it this is my melody and i want it this way you know what i mean 
Is, but, there, is there a bit of rivalry when it comes to like the the songwriting process and what songs are going to get picked and all that kind of stuff, or is it pretty uh pretty it's good? Pretty, it's pretty good. That's that's Jen Jen and I mostly, and everything's pretty like even. Of course, like when the record, there were a couple of songs cut from the record, and that's like out of our hands, really. Like you know what I mean? Like we we trust the opinions of of others, so. But it usually works out like that. Everything's half and half. And um, I, it's just for, you know, whatever's going to work better, whatever's going to work better for the band is is how I feel, you know. That's really good. Whenever I, I played in bands and, and there was two people writing, we'd always go and try and one-up each other. It's always like, I, I want my, like, especially when you have to come into the practice room and show a song or when you share mm-hmm. a demo and you're like, I definitely want mine to be the but the one that everyone's like, that's that song, that song. Uh-huh. Um, I always yeah. find that really interesting. Yeah. And, and yeah, going in and, and having uh, songs chopped when you've prepared them is, uh, must be a harrowing process with the effort oh, that goes yeah. into writing it those is. songs. But again, that, that comes down to like, through all this, I feel like I've, grown so much as a person and just how to deal with people um and working with producers and has you know that's it's always hard to like i always say like there's certain things where you like swallow that lump in your throat um like your songs getting changed and you really wanted it one way or another but dude being able to be open and let people like mess with your your stuff and I mean, that's the best way. Cause what are you going to do? Like shut down and not be open to anybody's ideas and just be an asshole and a pain in the ass to work with. And you know, I, what, everything that happened for this last record just like blended and meshed beautifully. And, um, I am totally open to the idea of, you know, working with producers and just collaborating to make something great, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And with the determination that you've obviously shown to want to make it work, to want to keep playing in a band, what is the memory that that made you fall in love with punk rock, mm. with wanting to do that? Wow. I think probably like when I was 18 and we opened for Bad Religion and I just that feeling on stage of like a big show and just being like that, not nervous, but just that adrenaline before. I mean, I've always done, like performed my whole life, whether piano recitals or, you know, whatever. But so that feeling is, is definitely, it's so cheesy and everyone says it, but the feeling of being on stage and that adrenaline is like really what captures you. But I remember I was 18 and I, started going to a community college and I was taking, I was just, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, and I was taking a business class. And then in the class, I like got, I remember being at school and being like, Oh, bad religion asked to for us to open for them again in LA. And I was like, I just don't want to do the school thing. I just want to focus on this right now. I just want to, you know, so when that happened and I emailed my teacher and just told him everything. And he was like, you have all these opportunities right now. He's like, just drop out and come back in a little bit, you know? And so I do remember that, like, that was, you know, okay. I, you know, oh my God, we're opening for bad religion. I could quit everything now, you guys. <laughs> We've made it, you know? That, yeah, that definitely must have felt like that. And um, what a, 
what a memory to highlight and what a band to get support eh it's uh, yeah. that's definitely a good one to to have to have as a an inspiring moment I guess in your trajectory yeah it is with not what? much time to think about I don't think I want to pull out of my ass yeah yeah well and and I think that's why that it's sometimes good sometimes I used to ask these questions the big ones in prep like in an email so people would have time to think about it and I found that huh? everyone would then give the same answer that they'd given on the podcast I'd listen to another time because it wasn't on the spot and it's uh-huh. quite nice to hear different stories from people it's quite nice yeah, to see exactly. what's inspiring him on the day it's not always going to be the same thing that comes to mind is it exactly exactly yeah no don't don't send the questions beforehand it's good to be it's good to be put on the spot that's it just a little bit just a little bit I won't ask anything that puts people too much on the spot (laughs) (laughs) and what about I I, I've heard that you started playing in in a band I think it was at 14 to 16 Uh what was it that got you into the alternative scene so early I it's it's funny I just knew I wanted to play guitar because I was playing piano and I played clarinet in middle school um and I was always into like rock and roll and you know uh, blink 182 i thought i was so cool like listening to that um and so my friend i mean i started taking guitar lessons and it was really cool because it wasn't just it was at a, a rehearsal studio other bands were coming in um so when i started taking lessons there and then i started playing all these metal songs and like learning all you know and then playing rancid and green day um and then I mean, as far as moments of you, you know, like you want to do this, like being there. And the first time I like plugged into a Marshall half stack and played, I was like, that's it. Like I left, I told my mom, I was like, this, this is it. Like mom. Oh my God. I like drew a picture to my sister about like what all the gear looked like. I like, no, it was like real, you guys. It was like being on a real stage, like huge amps and a drummer and, um, just so stoked and so I just got in with that scene and it was definitely like older older people but I just got so good it was a drummer from this like local metal band called Nihilist who was like I was 13 so they were like 23 24 and just you know and this I would go in there and just they would so cool yeah good good time so that kind of got me in it then I met Jen and she showed me all you know 90s fat records all that stuff so yeah just kind of being thrown in it knowing that i like wanted to do that you know being one of those kids i was like in front of the mirror pretending i'm on stage with my guitar like so yeah yeah <laughs> that's so cool studio yeah um, you mentioned me and jen and her introducing you to all the the fat wreck side of things how did it feel to then have a connection with with fat wreck later on it just crazy but at the same time not because that's just like it was so awesome when when it all happened but it was just like okay cool now we're here like at that point it was like that's what we set out to do that is what Jen and I set out to do um when I was 16 17 we'd be at the warp tour giving our cds out and I just remember like looking at her and being side stage at no effects and we would like follow around fat Mike and be like, Ooh, (laughs) so embarrassing. But looking at her and we were like, we're going to open for no effects one day. 
we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And yeah, that's just what we did. And we put our minds to it. Jen and I, like, we're a good team like that. You know, we put our minds to something and we just go out and get it and make it happen, you know, because if you just put your head down and work hard and have a good attitude and are nice to people, then you can make it happen, you know? Uh, And I think it's a really good trajectory towards like, what I want to mention in the last section of the podcast, the the podcast is, is basically for punks and skaters who want to get their shit together or need to get their shit together or have done. Right. And I talk a lot about treating bands or, or your artwork as a business, like having these goals that you want to set, having things to work towards. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important within the punk community to have these discussions about building a sustainable band and, how to treat something like a business and encouraging people who are starting new bands to not give up and actually know what steps to take to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, How important was it for for you as a band to set those goals, to have those things to, to reach towards and then to actually start ticking them off? I mean, it's super satisfying, you know, to be able to check things off of your, of your list always. And, it is important. And even if it's, you're just starting a band or whatever, if you're going to take it seriously, then treat it like a job. Um, set band meetings once a week. We do that and we've tried to stick to it. We try to stick to it as much as we can, even if there's not even much to, to go over. Um, it's just good to always be on the same page. And yeah, we always would set, you know, goals and a to-do list and kind of have everybody attack what what they're good at and do um do their part to help out um and you know it's easy with punks and skaters because we're like kind of fucked up and flaky but it you know get to practice get to practice on time i get i get pissed when people are late to practice you know um it's just let's do this like you want to like make money and you want to be in this punk rock band, you know what I mean? Like you can do it. You can, you can do it. Um, but that just, that just separates you from like everyone else fucking around kind of, you know what I mean? And if you want to just fuck around and just have fun, I mean, we're having fun too, but like just have fun. Well then yeah, whatever. But I think it's something that, that really affected like definitely my generation. I think it's a bit, it's a bit more obvious now what punk bands go through. There's more talk of like, oh, this is hard work and like all the boring hours on a bus. But like when I was a kid, I just saw the music videos and I was like, oh, they're just having a blast all the time and they're just drunk all the time. And it's just like those 30 minutes on stage in the after party, that's it. Um, and it's not, it's, it's bus- it being business savvy if you actually want to make it work in any kind mm-hmm. of way. Um, and, and in terms of being business savvy, something that happened, I think, during the lifetime of the Bomb Pops, which is kind of like, crazy to think about is the the rise of the internet and social media becoming such a an important part in bands selling themselves is that something that as a band you enjoy having to market yourselves online you know there's times that it gets like annoying or whatever but again that's just like any other job you know um i think it's great though i think we have a really fun time with it again it's another creative outlet and it's been great for you know covid and taking like even negative things like we do our sliding into the dms where we take like all the perverted messages we get from people and we read them and laugh about it 
you know, there's, there's so many, there's, there's a lot of content that we can create. And I think people enjoy just seeing like us being us. And, um, we like doing like different skits and like videos and stuff like that. We love making our music videos, obviously. So, and to be able to, not that it's easy, but it's so much easier these days to be able to put that out there for people to see us and see our art. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that for, for us, it's it's been great um, to have that social media presence, definitely. And I think it's it's really down to the attitude you've you've taken to it, as mm-hmm. as I've mentioned earlier, just that kind of like genuine showing what it's like as as human beings, and yeah. and I think that's that's meant a lot. And I think it's I hope I'm right in saying probably kept it more enjoyable for all of you as well. Um, It's great to view it as a creative outlet. I really like that you said that it's, I think it's important to makes it more enjoyable and easier to cope with. If you actually have fun with it, as opposed to Mm -hmm. viewing it as a chore that you need to do just to get likes and and followers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do, you think of it more as that, I mean, how cool is it that you can make a video whatever and like, more than you know five people will see it you know it's like it's right there at your fingertips to uh put it out there and also i like the way that you worded it when you said that you can use social media i mean a lot of people use it to to find that person that inspires them to get out of to get into a better place than they were before so i mean you have that and you have that creative outlet and then fuck the rest you know if you get too far into i used to read the youtube comments and people are very mean on the internet (laughs) so if i get myself focused on that even though i'm like i'm a mature adult and this is just people that are sad people and trying to hurt me it doesn't matter and that's what makes me think i feel bad for the kids these days i if i was a 13 year old girl reading that stuff like that's not okay so there's all that icky stuff of the internet but besides that i think that it's great especially through this global pandemic i think that we're lucky to have it you know absolutely on that note is there anyone that um that you enjoy following or find encouraging on social that we should hit up yeah there are a lot of inspiring people on there nothing comes to mind right now i also like to follow a lot of just the basic bitch like moms you know influencer moms or whatever like i mean i just again a lot of that you have to watch out because you can compare yourself and do that and this isn't real life a lot of these people aren't as genuine like everything looks perfect you know um but i am inspired by following you know other moms that are killing it um i'm super inspired by um a skater named skate moss have you heard of her I haven't, but I am. Oh, yeah. She's like, a, she's actually a friend of a friend. I'm obsessed with her, but um, now, now. she's this super cute chick that's like a fashion model, I, I think. But she just started skating like two years ago. Oh, and cool. she just, like, my friend is friends with her. She's like, she just went, went, fucked herself up, like, fell, you know, fell hard every day. Oh. And she's so, she's so dope. She's so cool. Oh, cool. Well, I've so, just like, you know, given them a follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's, I think it's, it's good. And I think it's in, it, good conversations to have. I ask my friends all the time. And I think that if we all kind of poked each other in the right direction a little bit and we're like, oh, follow this person, they're encouraging our social feeds where it would be a great place to be. Um, yeah, of course, when I get off here, I'm going to think of all these people I should have told you. Well, you gave can, a shout out me, to. Yeah, you can send me a send me a message and I'll, I'll drop them all in the bio. Um, there you go. For, for anyone. Um, Polly, it's been so, so good getting to chat to you today. You too. I I was not, I wasn't feeling too good today. Like, oh. just kind of eh, you know, off, you know, those days. But as soon as I jumped on here and started talking to you, I, I feel so good now. I just want to, woo! <laughs> I'm really glad. I'm really glad. That's 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 the purpose. No, but yeah, I just you're you're a really good person. I could feel, and that, oh, this was a really good you. conversation. I'm really glad. Is there anything you would like to plug? Anything you would want in the bio? Any links? Anything like that? Yeah, just um, obviously follow the Bomb Pops. We have some stuff coming up here in the next month. Some really cool shit that we worked really hard on, and so. Yeah, it's going to be very, very cool. Um, Aduk family, that would always be good to follow. My son my son would be very stoked if I gave that a shout out. Um, and yeah, that's it. My personal link is Polly Van Pop on Instagram. So yeah. Cool. Everything will be underneath. It's been so good to chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go to bed. I really hope you enjoyed that. It was so good chatting to Polly. I found it so encouraging. I did go to bed after recording that because it was 2am when we started. I was shattered, as I'm sure was Polly with all the hard work she is doing. Um, Please let me know what you thought of that episode. Go check out all the links. Um, because they are wonderful. There's some great content being done. And we love great content. That's what it's all about, seeing who we can uh, get inspired by. And there's a bunch of reasons to get inspired um, by Polly. So thank you so much to her for her time and for coming on the podcast. If you're thinking of setting up your own podcast, you might want to use Buzzsprout. That's what I use. It works really well. And there's a link in my bio That means it supports the show if you sign up on that. You get some Amazon vouchers, that kind of stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, if not, just tell your mates about it. That kind of stuff is the most important. It makes me happy, really happy. So yeah, have a great week and I will be back with a new episode real soon.